Hello and welcome to another edition of the Warsaw Marble Library podcast, Driven by Words. I'm Gemma Todd and with me today I have... Tom Bissell, hello. We're, we're both drivers for the Marble Library and we're so happy to welcome Kit DeWall. Was it Kit DeVall? I'm interested. Kit DeVall. Kit DeVall. And we're very happy to welcome Kit DeVall. Hi Kit, thanks for coming Hello, on. nice to be here. Yeah, so Kit is the author of My Name is Leon, which came out June this year with Viking Penguin and it's safe to say it's been a massive success hasn't it? It has been a massive and surprising success. I was actually going to list all the stuff that it's been like nominated for but I've kind of lost track because after you know I know you got on the BBC Radio 2 book club which was amazing Um, and I know recently you've been nominated for the Books on my bag. Uh, books on my bag. That's right. Yeah, debut awards. author. But to be honest, all the others would be here for like the next thirty minutes when we just listen to them all. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah, brilliant. Do you want to give like a quick elevator pitch for my name is Leon? Yeah, um, it's um, a story about a little boy, Leon. He's mixed race, and the story opens with him being introduced to his baby brother, Jake, who's just been born. This is in the maternity ward, and Leon falls in love with Jake and eventually becomes his carer. Both boys go into care because the mother can't cope. And ultimately, Jake gets adopted and Leon doesn't. That's not a spoiler because that's within the first couple of chapters. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's what happens to Leon afterwards, what he does about losing his brother and whether he's going to go down with a fight Mm -hmm. or whether he's going to go and try and get his baby back. And it's set in 1981 uh, between the riots and the royal wedding, Charles and Diana. Yeah, I was um, Absolutely. And it's, someone said to me the other day, it's historical fiction. It is, yeah. And I thought, oh, can that be historical fiction? It was last week. <laughs> um, but, it, but apparently, yeah, it's historical fiction, even though it's 1981, which I remember very, very well, <laughs> unfortunately. And it's set in Birmingham, isn't it? Set in Birmingham, absolutely. Cool. So um, this book, My Name is Leon, is actually available for request all the way through Water Library, so please come. Right, so we're going to get straight into the, the regular questions now. First one is, have you ever, ever been on a mobile library before? I've never been on a mobile library, but I have to say this is a dream come true, because <laughs> RVs are my thing. Are they? I'm one of the sad people that go to the caravanning show, oh, right. and I go on, I mean the RVs, there's only ever a few RVs there, they're mostly caravans, mm-hmm. but they do have the RVs there. And I fancy myself as like a pop star, you know, or a rock star going from concert to concert. And some of them are just so luxurious. I mean, this is luxurious. It's got carpet and desks and chairs and everything. And it is a fantasy. It's one of my fantasies come true now because I have been for a... What I like about this is you could like buy one of these and kit it out, and you could leave some of the shelves in, and you've got just a library. library Absolutely, mm. I could so live in this. Absolutely. So I do a lot of trips over to America, and their RVs over there are just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. can't be them. The ones that come out, the panels, the sides. Oh, right. I'm about to drive around on these. How much are, are they? Mad prices. I don't think they are too, too much over there. We don't know. I never really looked. I think the like the exclusive ones are the ones that. Come out, sorry. Maybe we should have um, like a fat dragon. I don't know why it's a dragon, but. <laughs> Hello, it's Fat Frog here. We couldn't afford Fat Dragon. Just to let you know, a top of the line RV will cost $289,000, which works out, today at least, at £237,033. And then, um, okay, this is quite a. Big question. What do libraries mean to you, Kit? Sorry, we are eating. I'll just point that out. Yeah, Yeah. we're eating cake and mint Um, Not mint pies. Meat pies. When I was a child, um, there were two books in our house. 
two classics, The News of the World and the Bible. No other books. So the only place that I ever got to read a book or be with books was at my local library, which was Spark Hill Library. Mm. Now, I think, gone. It's they knocked it down. Part of Tesco, I think. Now, yeah, isn't it? terrible, terrible. Because it was local. In those days, we could walk to it. You know, you'd, your mum would kick you out on a Saturday morning because you had to get out of the house in those days. Mm-hmm. You'd go to the library or the swimming baths or whatever, but there's that real sense of it being your local library. It wasn't in town, wasn't big. They knew who you were and you'd get your three books and your stamp. And it was just, you know, exciting. You know, even though I wouldn't have said it was exciting at the time, but it was, I think taken for granted mm. certainly by my generation mm. you could never imagine never imagine them going never think of them not being there i couldn't to be honest and you know it's it's terrible the way libraries have been destroyed and i've done another event uh, i've done two other events at libraries last week i was at dagenham library which is um out sort of you know near essex mm. and massive building and in that building as well as the library they've got a job shop they've got computers for people to use they've got an advice center and to me that's what libraries are they're like this bringing together of different people it's free it's going to help you Mm. or you can just sit there and be with other people or your heating's not on because you can't afford Mm. it and you can go to your local library my library in leamington which is pretty luxurious compared to some libraries it's lovely you know it's in this listed building it's it's very beautiful and for me that's what they are they are a community resource they're not an add-on they're not a luxury they're an absolute necessity and it, you know i'm very disappointed that so many are closing yeah, us too it's a good answer um so you kind of answered my next question as well about how long have you been a member of a library so how old are you though um i'm I must have been. Oh no! I think yeah. I was three or four when my mum oh, used to take right. us. Yeah, real. There's um, there's five of us, and she would have gone there for just to get us out of the house and sit us down. Have to say though, in those days, there was not a children's corner like there is now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was quite an adult oh, okay. place. There was child. Yeah, there were children's books, but it wasn't like there was nothing going on for children. You went there to read. Mm-hmm. or borrow a book and then you left now it's I think they're much lot, more child friendly yeah. super troll yeah if anything but I am talking back when dinosaurs ran the <laughs> earth and I know it has changed now <laughs> you've kind of answered my next question as well because I'm going to ask where was the last library you visited so was it Dagenham or was it the one no then I have been to what other library um, oh no I've done another one I did Rochdale Ooh, library okay. for their literature festival and I've done another one have you been in the new Birmingham Library now? I did. I was at Birmingham Library yesterday, doing the Birmingham Literary Festival. Fantastic, unbelievable yeah. building. Mm-hmm. I mean, truly fantastic. And as I walked around the corner, I went to the car park, parked my car. I had to walk around the library to get to the entrance. And there's a row of seats facing this glass, uh, big glass window. Mm. Everyone had someone in it asleep. <laughs> They had, I mean, obviously they'd started reading, you know, and then they'd probably just go and drop the head back and and the book was on the chest and it was just like a row of people, you know, an Asian guy, a woman, uh, a bloke with a big belly, an old guy, you know, everybody. It was was complete demographic of Birmingham. It was representing every nation. Absolutely. Do you want to know who uses your library? These sleepers here. Um, But it was lovely. I just thought, great, you know, you've gone to the library, you've had a little keep, 
you've read your book. It's, it's great. Perfect. It is. Oh, that's awesome. Um, right. Where's your library card right now? Do you my library is? card, I think, is in my purse, which is in my bag. Um, and it's green and white, Warwickshire County Council. What's the best library card that you've seen? My old one, um, which was paper. Uh, I know, back in those days. It's practically, I have to say, flint. It's so old. Um, but I had a paper library card, and I think I saw that about ten years ago at my mum's house. And it was just so cute. You know, you could Aww. see what you borrowed, the water Aww. babies, which I hated. Um, but, you know, it was, it was like a real record of who you were. Yeah. You should so, get yeah. that laminated. Yeah. I should, actually. If, if my mum hasn't shucked it, she probably has. She's not really sentimental. <laughs> Do you actually know what's issued on it at the moment? What books you've got out? Oh, the last book I got... No, the last thing I got out of the library was a DVD. Was it? Um, what was it? We are film buffs as well. Let me think. As a woman, it was something. Oh, I'll tell you what it was. Michael Fassbender, mm -hmm. Viggo Mortensen, and it was something about Freud. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, I know. Oh, crap. And the, the woman in it. Yeah, uh, Kira Knightley, yeah. who I can't stand. Oh, yeah, we're now what you're on about. Yeah. I can't think of the title. I can't remember. Uh, something. Uh, 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 no. Fact Frog here. The film that Kit is talking about is called The Dangerous Method. Was no. it good? I've not seen that yet. No. No. <laughs> it seems to be dry. I have to say, the setup was really good. You know, Michael Fassbender, mm -hmm. we could watch him read the, you know, yellow yeah. pages. Viggo <laughs> um, Morganson. Even better. Mm. Um, can't thank Kira Knightley, but I did think, look, how bad can it be? The answer is bad. <laughs> it was not good. It was boring. I mean, I watched it for the eye candy, I've yeah. got to say. You know, it doesn't matter really. I do that all the time, with films. Yeah. yeah. Right, if you could make every library in the country buy only one book... Apart from your own. Apart from your own, yes. Obviously. A book that maybe isn't that well-known or didn't receive as much attention as you deserve, think it deserved. Yes. Which one would you choose? So Long, See You Tomorrow by William Maxwell. And why that one? It's a really short book. Bonus. Um, I think it was probably written maybe in 1930 or 1940. Mm. William Maxwell was a famous editor of other people's books and he wrote this book. And it's a book about a boy who has a friend in the town and there's a murder and the consequences of this murder mean that these two boys have their friendship spoilt and it all turns on this day when this boy says to the protagonist the one who it's about so long see you tomorrow and he doesn't get an answer and it's absolutely oh, beautiful oh, it's the it's the whole book turns on this smart this moment between these two boys it's really thin but when you finish it you feel like you've been somewhere it's quite a well-known book if you read a lot of literary fiction mm -hmm. it's, it's you know people would have heard of it um cool. it's beautiful um okay who's your favorite author if you could graham green graham green yeah. straight away i love it absolutely love graham green he's He's a really male writer and it's really unusual, uh, for, especially for someone of my age or, you know, my background to like Graham Greene. He's, you know, I don't know if you know any of his, his writings. Brighton Rock, mainly. Okay, so Brighton Rock and Lanta he wrote Havana. The Heart of the Matter, Our Man in Havana. Mm. Lots of books, The Honorary Consul, lots of books that are about uh, an Englishman usually abroad. Mm -hmm. um, and that Englishman has usually got something to do with spying or espionage or dirty dealings of some sort 
the man is usually a Catholic. I mean, it makes it sound like every book's the same, but I have to say, they aren't. But he was a... Graham Greene was a lapsed Catholic, and he had it... He wore that quite heavily. He didn't enjoy having doubts about his faith, and yet he didn't feel he could also embrace his faith. Mm -hmm. So there's a sort of thread going through all of his books of, am I doing the right thing, and does God It's interesting. Really, really interesting. And he's a fantastic writer, so he's not big on description. He would never sort of describe a meadow, which is the sort of thing that I can't do either, and I can't stand, you know, it's green. I'm like, really? You know, I'm a concrete girl myself. So um, he's, so I like that. And I also, he just, you open the page and he, he's in the story, mm-hmm. you know, you're not having three, you know, he didn't have this sort of coat on and that hat and his eyes weren't blue. I'm not interested, let's get on with the story. Pretty thin books as well, aren't they? They're thin generally. books and they're action-packed. Loads of them have been made into films. Um, I suppose the most famous, apart from Brighton Rock, would be The Third Man, mm-hmm. which was a really famous film with Orson Welles uh, back in the day, and he actually wrote the screenplay for that as well. Um, so, yeah, slightly obsessed, as you might have gathered. <laughs> no, this is good. Well. It's the kind of answers we love. It's, it's, it's been a while. I had a spy kind of period where I read Oh, yes. Of, so I have read a few, but it's, I, couldn't remember. I couldn't even say what they were. That, I mean, I think he's he's certainly not underestimated. You know, he, he's one of the greats and uh, he's very well respected and revered. Um, but, yeah, he's my favourite. If I was going to... Mm, can I have two favourites? Yeah. OK, my other favourite would possibly oh, be okay. um, Arnold Bennett. OK, I don't think I've yeah, Arnold Bennett. Dream. OK, so he wrote... He lived around, um, I think he was writing around the turn of the century, mate, turn of last century, mm. get your facts <laughs> right, uh, probably 1895, 1895 to 1905. Um, and he wrote, he was from Stoke-on-Trent, mm. okay. and he wrote all of his books set in Stoke. And they were always about domestic tragedies, you know, always about a, like a terraced house and what was happening in the terraced house or the potteries, what was happening in the potteries. And again, I mean, and it just talks about me, really. Tiny little events that have massive reper- repercussions. Wrote a lot about ordinary people. Did he um, write the one about um, something about early the next morning? Something about a guy who works in a factory, goes to work. I read it reasonably recently. Goes out one night, has a few drinks, gets in a fight. But it was not like, Saturday night, Sunday morning. Yes. So yes. Alan Silito. Oh, that's it. Does sound that's like it. Arnold Bennett. Now Alan Silito, another fantastic writer and very much one of the very, very few working class writers. Arnold Bennett wasn't working class. Okay. But Alan Silito was a working class man writing about working class themes. And Saturday night, Sunday morning was made into a film with Peter. Peter, Peter, I can't believe I've forgotten his name. I want to say Peter Sellers, but I don't want to say him. No, it's not Sellers. Peter, <laughs> that's going to annoy me. I'll come back Fat to that. Dragon. Fat Dragon. It's me again. The actor that Kit means was Albert Finney. One of the most interesting. Uh, Films to come out of the early 60s, late, late 50s. Really, really good film. And that is a DVD you should have on these shelves because a lot of your older readers would know that film. It's very famous when it came out. Um, it was one of a batch of films that came out around that time 
that were angry young men, basically. Okay. Sort of a, the whole movement's called angry young men and kitchen sink dramas, and that was one of the most famous. So let me go back to Arnold yes. Bennett yeah. now. Yeah. So his <laughs> most famous books were The Old Wives' Tale, which is about two sisters who are competitive. One of them gets married, one of them doesn't get married, and the other one has to stay home, mind the shop, and all that kind of thing. Mm. And it's about the rivalry and the love between these two sisters. Absolutely fascinating, fascinating book. And another one which is beyond small I think it's like 40,000 words almost a novella called Helen with the High Hand and I would really recommend that as an overlooked classic Mm -hmm. because that's about this girl who has to go and live with her uncle her old uncle I can't remember why but she has to go and live with her old uncle and they live in a terraced house and she moves in and she's like I'm going to run this house I don't know what you think but I'm going to be the boss when she moves in the guy thinks I don't know who you think you are, but I run this house. And But they never say it's a, a fight, a power struggle that is the most polite and intricate. And it's like, you know, it's like the salt cellar actually goes there on the table. And it goes, well, to be honest, it goes there. It's always been there and it'll always stay there. And it's, it's called Helen with the high hands because Helen's the girl's name and she's like, you know, she's quite uppity. It's... Really hilarious. Well, you're selling me. I'm really yeah. recommend yeah. it. <laughs> it's great, and of course, it's a Midlander. So for me, it's, that's a bonus. So you're obviously interested in like the local fiction. I love, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's not enough of it. You mm. know, there's, there's so much fiction is about middle class people for a start, mm-hmm. and middle class lives, and London or big country houses, and all the rest yeah. of it. And I do like, I like. Anything domestic or like anything that happens within a household, because you know, obviously, we all grew up in households, and anything that's just got that twang of working class life, you know, which is so underrepresented in fiction. I've spoken to authors who've actually written about working class lives in like a little video store, and their editors have told them, Yeah, we need to change it into a coffee house. And Absolutely, and you're just like. Mad, yeah, the coffee house that we never used to go to. I yeah. mean, I know lots of people go to coffee houses now, but back in the day when I was young, there was a cafe on our high street, and my mum never went in there no. because why would I buy a cup of coffee when I can make one at no, home? Yeah. This is a modern phenomenon, yeah. but you know, certainly when I was growing up, no one went out for coffee. And it's a catch 22 because the publishers, obviously, they're looking at it from a financial marketing kind of view. Well, it's not going to do well financially if you're not letting it be released isn't Absolutely. it so you're never going to break that cycle unless it yeah. gets pushed exactly I mean I have to say Penguin at the moment have got a m- fantastic initiative going on to find local writers mm-hmm. called Right Now and they are asking for working class writers mar- writers from marginalised background to send in their manuscript to get um, you know to get published so Excellent. they're really key this is one of the days they're doing in Birmingham aren't they yes on the 26th of November yeah um, the website is www.write-now.live. Yes. And you have to actually, there's only 150 places, I yes. think. So you have to get the, you have to apply before the end of this month. That's before right. Before the 28th of October. Yes, to that's To get this it. place on this course. Yeah. You've got to send in a thousand words of your mm-hmm. manuscript and a synopsis. But most importantly, you've got to say why you think your voice or people like you are underrepresented in publishing and then Penguin choose 150 people. They all go to this day 
and then from that day they're choosing 10 people to go on and mentor and hopefully publish that's awesome so brilliant i've already told a few people about it because yeah. i've been tweeting about well they it. had it's a thousand amazing. people apply for the london event really yeah so I, I think there'll be more people I think applying so. in the, in yeah. the midlands oh, love it um, so have you, I was going to ask again what your favourite book is but have you covered it with your, with your favourite authors my favourite book oh that might be different have <laughs> I covered it with my favourite authors um, have I probably not I'd say my favourite book is yeah it's, it's a tough one but it's probably The City of Bohan by Kevin Barry who's Irish and I haven't to be honest I haven't read the book but I have listened to the audiobook three times and it's a really unusual book because it's like a western but it's set on the west coast of Ireland Mm. where it's pretty lawless and it's set in the very very near future so like you know two years time Mm -hmm. and each area is sort of run by different states It's, it's sort of you know law has broken down so you sort of you just run your area so it's a bit like a western because it's as it was then, you know, where there's a marshal and the marshal's the boss and the marshal has his cronies. Mm. Uh, and I'm Irish, I'm an Irish citizen, he's Irish, so um, it's hilarious and bad language <laughs> and drama. You know, it's not my usual sort of book, I have to say, but I am his stalker, I am his biggest fan. <laughs> so, um, yeah, fantastic. That's possibly of the moment my favorite book excellent right um and what are you reading at the moment have you is there something you've got on the go i have speak? just finished a book called a whole life by robert seathaller i think his name is and it's a book about well do you know it's really hard to say it's a book about a laborer mm. in i think switzerland and he's just a guy who does little tours up mountains and he lives in a hovel and it's nothing, it's really a book about this man and what he goes through in his life. And there's nothing dramatic in it, but it is written in the most beautiful language. Again, a really short book. You can tell I don't really go <laughs> for the long book. I have read War and Peace. Yeah, I have, really? I have well, read done. War and Peace. I've read the Bible twice, cover to cover. Um, but you wouldn't do that for, for pleasure. You know, I did yeah. that literally so I can say to people on a podcast in a mobile library. <laughs> <laughs> that I have read War and Peace because I have and it was tough. I'll edit this bit <laughs> <laughs> what would you give it out of ten War and Peace six I mean you'd just give it average. you would give it eight or nine just because of the sustained uh, accomplishment of mm. writing that many words yeah. but you really have to enjoy long long chapters about military strategy to like you it should, you should totally tell people like nine and a half so they'll think oh, should, should I, I have to go and watch it, it? I, <laughs> I tell you that I think actually longer than War and Peace although maybe War and Peace is actually the longest but you know Les Miserables mm. yeah. that I bought once when I ordered it from Amazon and the book came and I looked at it and I thought are you joking it's so thick <laughs> anyway eventually I got around to it and I opened it and I bought volume two <laughs> <laughs> volume one is just as thick I'm not kidding having said that it's one of the best books I've ever read and really? it felt too short at no the end. it's absolutely brilliant I walked out of the movie because it was just like yeah no and were they singing yeah oh I could, I could never watch no. it never ever the only good musical there's ever been is West Side Story my mum loves that or Carmen Jones anyway the two of them but no I couldn't watch Les Miserables that's just a travesty <laughs> 
Terrible. I'd have someone to argue the fact that with you, but I'm I not. Know. I'm not that person. Nah. <laughs> and have you got any of the current recommendations that you know, anything that you've read recently that you think it was really good? Yes. Um, the Good Liar by Nicholas Searle. Um, and it's a very it's a book in the vein of John le Carre or mm. Graham Greene. And it's a book written backwards. So you, it starts with this old guy um, getting ready to go on a date. And the book then, he, so it's, let's say it starts with him being 72. It then goes backwards, so he's 68, then he's 64, then he's 45. Yeah, and, that's clever. And it goes all the way back to the end of the Second World War. It's so good. It's one of those where you just think, I'll just read a bit more, even though it's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Excellent book. Did it make really you wish you were a better writer? Yeah, absolutely. Not not no, it does. You read it and you think, creep. Uh, because I met him, because we were both released by Penguin around the same time. Mm-hmm. And this guy has actually worked for the Foreign Office. So, And it's, it's a real sort of spy. Mm-hmm. It seems to be a sort of spy book when you read it. And it's true. You can tell. In fact, it was translated into German, this book was. And uh, the guy that translated it was telling me that he got the book and he read about this scene that happens in Berlin. And he read it and he said, oh, he's got that wrong. You know, there is no road there, so he's obviously got that wrong. And like a lot of lazy English people, he's just gone on to Google Maps and decided, you know what I mean, he's used it. Mm. And then he did some research and he found out in 1945 there was a road there. there. Wow. It was so fascinating. Anyway, it's a great, great read. Really good book. Brilliant. Right, we're going to do the um, fun and games part now, which is our first part. It's called Blurred Blurb. So it's a single blurb that mixes two books together. Okay. So you'll need to try and guess what both the books are from a single blurb. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't read the books, then this might be a bit awkward. But what I've done... I've chosen two books that have also been made into films, just to... Okay, just in case, yeah, go on. Okay, so, who are you? What have we done to each other? Through the narration of Nick Dunn, we are taken into a glittering world where Nick Carraway finds himself asking those very questions on the morning of his fifth wedding anniversary. We encounter Daisy, Nick's cousin, though his wife Amy disappears. The police suspect Nick. Amy's friends reveal she was afraid of him. And what of Daisy's husband, Tom Buchanan, or Jay and the mystery that surrounds him. As we are taken into the glittering world of the mansions of Long Island Shore in the 1920s, we are left with only one question. What really did happen to Nick's beautiful wife? Gone Girl and the Great Gatsby. Wow. Straight away. Out of the park. <laughs> that was That's like, awesome. was that too easy? Come on. Oh, we need to make these a bit harder. I think was it, was it the names? Because I wondered... No, no, was. I didn't know any of the names, to be honest. It, the, it was the plot. Okay. And have you read them or watched yes, them? Yes, I've, I've read and watched both of them. Excellent. Yeah. Well yeah. done, Tom. And it, that worked quite well. That was it? very it good. You should actually write that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good plot, I know. <laughs> right, and our next fun and games section is my favourite. It's the author's spelling bee. <gasps> so we're going to test your spelling. <laughs> okay. And we're going to have like a rank board. Like a, like a, I like it. So we've got like John Conley to do, aren't we? So we're going to get John yeah. Conley to have a go. So we have and to Polly see. Ho-Yen. Yeah. Wow. Polly Ho-Yen. So She's by the time at the, the end of the well, not the end of the year, because we're almost there. You're going to rank us. Yeah. Polly's so, top, but she's also bottom. But she's also the only person who's done it. Right. So first word is rhythm, and I can give you the definition or in a sentence. Rhythm. Rhythm. Oh, rhythm. Yeah, rhythm. 
tricky question because that sounds easy compared to this <laughs> millennium m i double l e n millen i u m you're so close is that wrong it's double l double n oh. it's m i double l e double n r u m millennium oh really these are tricky ones no i like it i do i like it it's great i mean it just goes to show how much you rely on your spell check exactly i know yeah because we're lazy aren't we absolutely I'll do cat. <laughs> uh, I think the top one's probably slightly easier, but they're both. Okay, we'll get go the on, easy go one. On. Convalescence. Now, sorry. Convalesce. Convalesce. Slightly easier. Okay, great. C O N V A L E S C E. Yay! Yay! So yeah, we're just going to do a bit of a roundup now before we finish up. Um, Kit, do you want to tell us about your wonderful scholarship that you're doing? Sure, yeah. This is a scholarship for a writer from an uh, underrepresented group. And what I mean by underrepresented group is whatever you want it to mean. So I didn't want to say this is a scholarship for a black writer or a disabled writer or whatever, because there's lots of ways of being marginalised that aren't covered by those easy categories so um, it's a scholarship to go to Birkbeck University in London to do a creative writing MA over two years with all the travel paid um, some subsistence Waterstones um, staff in Birmingham donated the writing uh, the books, the reading list Um, someone else donated a laptop and um, it's to do a sort of creative writing degree over two years, but that is actually only one day a week. So it means that you can still hold down a job or, you know, if you've got caring responsibilities, you can still do them and get down there. Um, And I did it really because of what we were saying before. It's so hard to make it if you come from Mm -hmm. a marginalised background or if you're broke. Mm -hmm. Or so much of what happens in publishing happens in London happens far away you know you don't feel sort of plugged into the whole system and it's it you know to get to london to go to some of these marketing events for writers or networking events for writers 
you're talking 40 quid Easy. then you've got to get across London then you've got to get a cup of coffee and a sandwich and a day off work and a day off work mm-hmm. so this was really just my attempt at helping somebody to get a foot in the door and to have all the great things that happened to me happen to them um, and in the end we, that that scholarship was awarded this year to a guy from Smethwick actually mm-hmm. which is really great um, I didn't know he was from Smethwick when we awarded it I have to say hands up I really didn't know but he is fantastic and we managed this year to do two scholarships even though we had only intended to do one or I'd intended to do one and also there are another top five writers that we managed to get a big packet of support for as well uh, and I had only intended to do it once, and we're fundraising at the moment to just do just giving page, yeah, yeah. To uh, we've got a just giving page to try and fundraise to do another and another and another because there's just a massive uh, gap for people from a background like my background to get into publishing. So, how would someone find your just giving page if they were looking for we'll, it online? We'll put links on our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, find me on Facebook, the Kit Deval Scholarship, or find my website, which is kitdeval.com, and details are all over that. Brilliant. Fantastic. Is there anything else that you'd like to plug, or anything you're doing in the um, next few weeks that you're excited I'm about? Here, there, and everywhere at literary <laughs> festivals, you get sick of the sight of me. Um, <laughs> no, I'd like. I'd love people that local people to read my book because it is about local people it's about working class people it's about foster carers social workers um single parents so yeah that would be the biggest compliment anyone could pay me to read the book and what's next for you writing wise i know you've written a second book writing my second book uh yeah it's about a woman right at the other end of her life she's not a child she's on the cusp of her 59 uh, 60th birthday she's 59 and it's about her reflecting on what happened to her and it's slightly set around the Birmingham pub bombings in 1974. Mm. Brilliant. Sounds great. Sounds okay. You've got a working title, haven't you? I haven't, and I'm really crap at titles, <laughs> so I wouldn't say. I'm calling it book number two. Book number two. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thanks ever so much for coming on. We really appreciate yeah, it. It's been Thank great. you. Yeah. We'll drive you back and hopefully we'll get back safe. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> So we hope you enjoyed the latest instalment of the Driven by Words Warsaw Libraries podcast. We just wanted to let you know of a few things we've got going on over the half term and build up to Halloween week. There's lots of stuff going on at all the libraries across Warsaw. If you head to uh, lovelibrarieswarsaw.co.uk you can check it out there. But just a sample of those things, on Wednesday the 26th of October at Blakenall Library there's a trick or treat Halloween stories and crafts special. Uh, that's between 10.30 and 11.30 in the morning. And then on Friday, October the 28th at New Invention Library, there's a spooky family fun session. Uh, that's between 11 and 12. Uh, regarding half term, there's a mini bee special at Pleck Library on Thursday the 27th of October between 11 and 12. And on the same day between the hours of 2 and 4, there's a half term craft day at South Warsaw Library. Like I say, loads more on the website. Go and check it out. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time. Bye.